Are you ready for some more XFL? Welcome back to XFL Extra, the podcast brought to you by XFLboard.com. I'm your host, Mark Nelson, and this is our 12th podcast. In this episode, we will introduce two guests. First, we will hear from XFL draft pick Connor Davis. Connor is a young, talented tight end who attended Stony Brook University in New York. After college, he was invited to a New York Giants rookie camp, and he later played for the Birmingham Iron of the Alliance of American Football. Now he is working hard to prepare for an upcoming training camp opportunity with the St. Louis Battlehawks. Then we will talk to Dallas Renegades XFLboard.com team reporter Anthony Miller. We discuss the XFL supplemental draft, the quarterback situation, and how the league is preparing itself for the upcoming season. I call this podcast Opportunity. It's about a player who considers the XFL an opportunity to prove he belongs in pro football. In a pro football league that is using this time as an opportunity to draft more players. Players they think will make their team stronger and better able to compete on a pro football field. There are 75 days until XFL kickoff. Let's get started. I'd like to welcome Connor Davis to the podcast. Connor is a tight end who played for Stony Brook University in New York. As an undrafted free agent, he went to the New York Giants rookie minicamp and later played for the Birmingham Iron of the AAF. In October, he was selected by the St. Louis Battlehawks of the XFL. Welcome, Connor. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited to be here and excited we got a chance to talk. Yeah, it's nice to hook up with you and talk. This is going to be good. Now, you were selected by the St. Louis Battlehawks in the open phase of the draft. And uh, my understanding is you attended a XFL Summer Showcase with them? Uh, yes, I did. I attended the showcase uh, outside New York. It was at like a, a local school uh, around the kind of New York, uh, New Jersey area. Did you grow up in New York? or? No, so I actually, uh, I grew up in Maryland, uh, about, about 20, 30 minutes outside Baltimore. Um, but I, I got recruited by Stony Brook University, which is in New York. It's, uh, it's out on Long Island, so I ended up having my college career up there. Did you play football in high school? Yeah, I did. I did. I actually wasn't a tight end back then. Uh, I was recruited as a defensive end. I, I, I was mainly a defensive end in high school, and I did a bit of wide receiver. Uh, I just helped my team out offensively. But you got tall, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was, I, I, I mean, I was decent size my last year of high school. I was about 6'7", about 235. Um, right now, I, you know, I'm to the point where I'm, I'm 6'8", about 260. So I, I put on you know, a little bit more height and a considerable more uh, size in college. So you played for Stony Brook University in New York, and then after our college, you went as an undrafted free agent, and the New York Giants did pick you up. Uh, yes, yeah, I had, I had an opportunity. I was with the New York Giants for the rookie minicamp on a on a tryout basis um, after the uh, draft. So it was uh, it, it was it was a great opportunity. It was a good opportunity to kind of get there, compete, get in front of the coaches. So you got to meet some coaches, and you got to learn what the what the Giants were about, and what an NFL minicamp is all about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, you get in there. I mean, you're you're completely you're completely involved. You know, you're working those three days. You're with the coaches and the team, kind of twenty four seven, with you know with all the rookies and all the guys they just brought in. You know, you're running a ball, a big chunk of their playbook, kind of seeing how much they can throw at you, what you can take, and uh, how you can put it on the field. It was a learning experience. Yes, yeah, it was definitely a learning experience. But uh, something I I learned through it is I can absolutely compete. You know, at this level, and you know, and I can uh, continue to play and, and continue to 
have opportunities to uh, play football professionally. It gave you confidence then? Yes, yes. It gave me confidence. Because uh, tight end-wise, coming out, I, I didn't have an extensive amount of experience at tight end. Uh, my career at Stony Brook kind of became a bit of a jumble mess. I, I transitioned positions about eight times between tight end, defensive end, and uh, offensive tackle. So after the rookie minicamp, you waited for another opportunity, and that came with the uh, Alliance of American Football. Is that right? Yeah, correct, correct. I had uh, they, they were kind of doing similar to the showcases the XFL did. They did kind of combines around the country, and I attended one down in Atlanta, and, and that's where I had a chance to compete, kind of get in front of the coaches and the uh, player personnel staff of the teams and, and show what I could bring to the table. You went to the Birmingham Iron uh, uh, camp, and then you started. You were a starter for the Birmingham Iron? Yes, yes. So that was uh, – these, like, combines, they kind of – all the teams would travel around each combine. It wasn't necessarily split into just individual cities, such as the XFL. Right. Um, and, and when I was down there, that's when I had an opportunity to meet Trey Brown, who was uh, in charge of player personnel for the Birmingham Iron. And so they picked me up in the draft. And uh, that's when I went down there and, and made the roster and I ended up starting for them in the uh, season. And so you played with the Birmingham Iron and, and then, of course, the, uh, the AF folded, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I had an opportunity to play with the Birmingham Iron. Um, but unfortunately, as we all know, going into week nine, the league ended up folding. That must have been bad news for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was, uh, it was, it was unfortunate. Um, but it was, it was a great opportunity to just, you know, get that amount of guys on the field. And, and now we got a great opportunity again with the XFL. Um, so it's, it, it, when it's all said and done, you know, kind of all worked out. We're now we have, we're here a year later with a similar opportunity uh, to get some, uh, to, to compete. One of our XFLboard.com team reporters, Mike Mitchell, was at the, he was at the New York Summer Showcase in Montclair State. And he actually wrote about you. He, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read to you what he wrote. Okay. All right. Yeah. He said one of the biggest sleeper picks in the entire draft is tight end Connor Davis out of Stony Brook. I watched him firsthand impress at the New York Summer Showcase in at Montclair State. He sticks out like a sore thumb at six foot eight, two hundred and seventy plus pounds. A great athlete at that size as well, with a ten foot broad jump. He has untapped potential. So people must have taken notice of you at that showcase. I know one of our guys did, so I'm sure the coaches took a good notice of you as well. Well, yeah, you know, I was, uh, that was an opportunity I, I trained hard for, uh, prepped hard for, and uh, I had a chance to get out there, compete very well in the one-on-ones, compete very well in the, uh, kind of the skelly drill, and then, of course, we did all our testing. So um, I, I had a good day, but, you know, I, I prepared hard for it, and I was ready to go. You must have showed off your, your stuff because you were drafted by the St. Louis Battlehawks in the uh, open phase of the draft. And where were you when you found out they had drafted you? I was actually, uh, so in, in my spare time, since I've been home training, I went back and uh, I helped be an assistant coach at my old high school. So I was actually at practice uh, when I got the call. So that must have been exciting then. Yeah, it was, you know, it was very exciting because, uh, you know, all, all the kids that I kind of helped coach and the other coaches kind of knew where I was at, knew what was going on. And uh, to kind of get that call, it, it was exciting, and you know, and I, it, all the kids I coached, and uh, they they were excited for me. So it was a it was a good opportunity, you know, and it was a good opportunity, you know, for them as well because uh, it just kind of show, you know, kind of showed like you know working hard, you know, places you can go, and kind of what opportunities could come from the similar situation they were in, considering that I was right where they were at about nine years ago. 
you're actually a role model for these uh, young footballers then. Um, you know, I, shoot, I, you know, I, I, that's, I hope I'm looked at that way. You know, I try to present myself, uh, you know, in a, you know, in a way of what hard work can do and, uh, kind of just yeah. kind of keep your head down and keep working. So if they look at me that way, then, then it means I'm doing something right. Well, you're modest because I, I just called you a role model. I think you didn't, I don't think you think of yourself as a role model to these young youngsters, but you probably are. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's okay to be modest. That's, that's a good trait. Now, what do you know about St. Louis? Have you ever been there before? No, no, I've never been there. I've heard great things, you know, uh, talking to people. I heard, I heard it's a great city. Uh, I'm very excited to get there and, uh, and play and, and, uh, and just see the city itself. Well, you know, they're, they're really into football there, and they don't have an NFL team, so. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think it was, it's a very great market. I think it's a market that's hungry for football to come back to it, and uh, I think it's a great, a great city to go to and, and have an opportunity to play for. What excites you about the XFL? It's another opportunity to play football and, and play football at a very high level, um, at a professional level, and, uh, and, and make a living off of it. You know, there's, there's not much more than that. Than, you know, if you're a guy in my situation, there's not much more you can ask for. If you still have an opportunity to uh, make a living off of playing a sport and continue your career, um, that's, that's the most you could ask for. You know? And, and I, I think it's a very, it was very well put together. Um, I think the coaching staff around St. Louis uh, with Coach Hayes and the staff underneath him is, is a great staff to work under and, uh, and, and learn under. And uh, it's another opportunity to get more film, progress your career, and, and hopefully uh, get an opportunity in the league, which is the ultimate goal here. Keep playing football is what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep playing football and, uh, and you know, with, uh, with good film and good season to uh, get an opportunity with an NFL team come next August. Yeah, an NFL team would be the, that would be the, the, best, the best route for someone like you that you had a taste of the NFL with the Giants, and I'm sure you'd want more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate goal for uh, for everybody that's involved in this league. You know, it's it's to uh, it's to take advantage of this opportunity that's been presented with the XFL, and, uh, and and show that we have what it takes to play at that next level. Yeah, you know, I hear that a lot. Uh, opportunity to to show what you can do is uh, I hear that a lot, and uh, that's what I'm hearing from you. So that's that's very common. Yeah, I, th- I I hope you get that opportunity. I really hope that it works out for you. Now, there's two training camps coming up. Now, I've had a hard time getting hold of you to do this interview because you're always working out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I like to stay busy. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like to take too much downtime. You know, I like to always be doing something to kind of work towards perfecting my craft. You know, whether it's uh, whether it's just working footwork, you know, movement, or or stretching, staying staying mobile, just always trying to do something to get better. So you're ready for this mini camp coming up in two weeks, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm as ready as I've ever been. Uh, right now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm moving at a higher level than I ever have. Um, I'm catching well. My, my routes are looking good. I feel more explosive, faster, stronger. Um, I'm ready to go for this opportunity. That sounds good. So you're heading off to St. Louis in a couple weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, it's coming up. It's uh, less than two weeks. I believe the, uh, the December 2nd is when we head out for mini camp. Right, so you get Thanksgiving at home, and then you're going, going to St. Louis, and it's going to be a big adventure for you. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds exciting. Very, very exciting. You know, it's been, you're getting that itch again. You know, since, since the AAF ended, you know, I've been having that itch for a while now to get back on the field, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. That's interesting to hear. In fact, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited for you now. And I would like to wish you the best in the upcoming training camps, and I'd also like to say that we'd like to see you on the field come this February for the for the Battlehawks. You know, thank you. I'm, I'm excited to kind of get to the field and show uh, what I can do. 
uh, come the season. Because even from where I was at the beginning of uh, the season with Birmingham, um, the way I progressed and how I've come along as an athlete, uh, I think I'm, I'm ready to put a much, a much more finished product on the field than even I did less than a year ago. So you've been learning. Yeah, yeah, every day. It's, uh, I mean, if you, take, if you take where I was at that mini camp with the Giants and where I am now, it's a completely different athlete. Well, that sounds great. So people can follow you online uh, on Twitter. Uh, don't know if do you use your Twitter a lot or. Um, to be honest, I'm not. I, I don't really. I, I've never been the biggest uh, social media guy. I kind of uh, stay away from it overall. I, I do have an Instagram, um, which is probably what I use the most of anything. And that's what, what's um, your Instagram handle? So that's just uh, Connor Davis. Uh, Connor Davis ninety four is my Instagram handle. Right. So that's the same as your Twitter. So Twitter and Instagram, Connor Davis 94. And there, if people want to follow you, they should probably just follow your Instagram because that's where you do most of your, uh, your broadcasting. Yes. Yeah. That's definitely the, the best platform to follow me on. Great. Well, I hope people will get a chance to follow you or especially some St. Louis Battlehawks fans who want to learn more about you and, uh, and keep tabs on you as you go into uh, minicamp. And if you have a chance to post, uh, post a few things while you're in minicamp, that would be great. And maybe you won't have a chance. Maybe you'll be too busy. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I'm sure I'll be busy, but I'm sure I can find a couple chances to you know, post something. All right. So if people want to follow you, it's at ConnorDavis94. And I'd like to thank you for coming on the podcast today, Connor. Yeah, th- thank you for having me on. It's been uh, great talking to you. I'd like to welcome Anthony Miller to the podcast. Anthony has been with us before, and he's one of our XFLboard.com team reporters for the Dallas Renegades. Now, Anthony is not just a football fan. He's a former morning sports anchor and TV news reporter. But Anthony has a passion for all things sports. Welcome to the podcast, Anthony. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Appreciate being on the show again. Now, I know that you're familiar with what just happened with the XFL. The XFL went through its supplementary draft and it did a lot actually in, in relatively. We just got three more quarterbacks and over 60 players were added to XFL team rosters. Now, what were some of the picks that really stood out for you? Well, I, I think when you start with the quarterbacks, I would definitely look at Josh Johnson just because he's had probably one of the most decorated NFL careers of all the quarterbacks that are heading into this league. I mean, this was a guy that last year was almost on his way to playing for the San Diego fleet in the Alliance. But then, you know, the Washington Redskins gave him the call. He ended up starting the last few games for them in the regular season. So that's a guy that has a lot of experience. And I think that really makes the Wildcats quarterback situation very interesting because I think it adds some controversy. And I think it's going to be a great battle between him and Luis Perez. So that's going to be kind of the fascinating thing to see who's going to win that quarterback job. That may be one of the toughest quarterback battles of the uh, XFL season. So that was, that'll be definitely one that Wildcat fans will have to keep tabs on. The one big thing that really stuck out to me, just because I'm from the Dallas area, and I think a lot of Cowboy fans know Terrence Williams when he got he just got drafted by the Battlehawks. I think that's a really interesting choice just because this is a guy that, had a pretty good NFL career with the Cowboys. He was him and Des Bryant were their top receivers for for a few years there. And he was a pretty reliable target for them on um, third down when they needed to come up with a big catch. Terrence Williams was usually the guy they looked at, but it's also interesting because after his Cowboys career, he started, he had some off the field issues. So that will be something that will be 
you know, that'll be interesting to see how the Battlehawks kind of in the XFL is able to handle that. Hopefully he's able to this will be kind of the way for him to get his foot back into the the NFL. So I thought that was a really good pick for the Battlehawks. I thought another great pick for the Battlehawks was Marquette King. Really good punter, all pro out, you know, playing for uh, the Broncos and the Oakland Raiders. I thought that was a really so- solid pick for them. I think King easily becomes one of the top punters in the league. So, and especially the, those first couple weeks in the XFL, it's all going to be about, you know, where you start your offense, where the positioning is. So he's going to probably play a key role for that team when it comes down to um, where the opposing offenses will start. I thought the DC defenders had a really good draft in terms of getting Malachi Dupree and Eli Rogers. Those are two guys that had really good college careers and Eli Rogers had a good NFL career working with Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, Dupree has jumped around between NFL teams, but you know, he had a really good college career with LSU. So I thought the defenders really did a great job of kind of upping their um, receiving core quite a bit, helping out Cardell Jones. So I, I think DC after yesterday probably has the, uh, I mean, just looking over the rosters for wide receivers, they may have the best receiving core in the league, which is going to be really scary for a lot of defenses to handle. And then just on a bias uh, pick here, uh, Sergio Castillo, the kicker for the Houston Roughnecks, just the reason, you know, he went to West Texas University. I went there, so I'm a little biased about this, but I, he's a really good kicker. He was he owned the majority of uh, West Texas A&M's kicking records uh, back in 2012. He was a first-team All-American in Division II. Um, he's found a really nice career in the Canadian Football League. He's bounced around a lot of teams, but he's done a really great job with them. I think right now he's with the D.C. Lions, kicking very well for them. So I, I think that could be kind of an underrated pick for the Roughnecks as they get their kickers. I think overall there were a lot more big-name players than I thought there were going to be. I I, I thought overall it was a really good experience for a lot of the of the teams, and I think a lot of teams got better yesterday. Now Castillo, I've seen him play in the CFL. As a matter of fact, he's actually done a lot of punting as well for uh, the CFL. He's averaging I think like 45, 46 yards per punt. So if they if the Roughnecks need him to punt as well, I think he could do both. So that's good experience for him. Now were you surprised to see three more quarterbacks signed? Like, I thought the XFL had already signed enough quarterbacks, but they signed three more. Yeah, that was interesting. I didn't think they were going to be assigning any more quarterbacks. I thought they would just throw them into the supplemental draft pool, but um, I like it. I think Oliver Luck has talked about it from the beginning. The most important position in this league is quarterbacks. They're the highest paid because that's the most important position in football. So this just reiterates for the XFL how important it is. And, I, you know, there are the rumors that there's going to be another supplemental draft in January. So I wouldn't be surprised if then they will assign more quarterbacks. That seems to be the trend they're going. And, you know, they getting someone like Josh Johnson, who has great NFL experience, that's a huge plus for this league. That's another name that people recognize. Another guy who's had, you, you know, he's had over 10 plus years of experience in the NFL. So the XFL is going to try to get every you know solid veteran quarterback they can possibly get in this league so i can completely see them you know continue going down that road especially in the next couple months before the season starts yeah the quarterbacks are the only players that are currently on contract with the xfl certainly those quarterbacks not the ones who are in their general player pool and i do you think maybe that the league suddenly sees a more of an urgency to lock players down at this time of the of the year yeah, because I think we've already seen probably over 20 players being signed onto practice squad or active NFL rosters. So I think they understand 
the importance of getting those top players and being able to secure them for this season just because they need, you know, obviously this is a league where you want to build new stars, but you need some, you know, bigger names in there so people will recognize who they are and get, get them attracted to coming to those XFL games. So I think it's, it's becoming more imperative, especially since we're two months away from the season starting, that they need to start locking down players to uh, contracts and especially mini camps are about to start in December and then, you know, training camp starts in January. So they need to get everyone locked in before the year starts. Yeah. I think there's some concern about locking players down before uh, the mini camps. I've spoken to a few players and uh, most recently one player that told me that they were waiting for a phone call. Like they're going to the mini camp. Uh, they're planning on going to the mini camp, but if their phone rings from the NFL, those mini camp plans will be gone in a in a heartbeat. And I think that's the reality of of most players that if they got a better offer, they would still take it. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna it's it's a tough thing for the XFL because they know because one the NFL is just a huge name and two they're gonna pay them a lot more money, so a lot of players still have that dream of playing for the NFL. But at the same time, you know. Uh, we, I know we've talked about this before, but there are hundreds of players that I see on Twitter every day talking about, hey, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to play. You know, so the XFL will never run out of talent to add on to, you know, to add into the league. So that's going to be the one th- that's that's the important thing for people to understand. Yeah, there there are going to be players that are going to head to the NFL, but there's so many, so many players out there that are just ready. To, they're hungry. They're ready to play and they'll do whatever it takes to get on a football team. So. I, I'm not concerned about players leaving at all because the talent is there all over the place. Oh, I agree with you 100%. The talent pool is huge. And it's always the coaches and the scouts that can find the best talent that will be the most successful, especially in today's uh, football landscape. Now, some teams drafted more players than others. For example, Seattle only took three players. Now, why why is that? Yeah, I assume it's because, you know, they have all the roster spots that they need right now. So um, it could be it could just depend on how many vacancies they have on the team. And uh, especially coming up, um, maybe they have some players that they see out there in the pool that, you know, may fit them, fit their team better. And they can start making cuts and start adding those players in as well. So it, it looks like it's just trying to fill out those vacancies with players that have either maybe they've already told you know, the, the, their teams that they're not going to sign or they've been already been signed to NFL teams. So um, it could be a combination of those. It'll be interesting to see if they do another supplemental draft in January, how that's going to look. Is it going to be more roster spots open or is it going to be, you know, less players drafted? So I'm actually kind of interested to see how the XFL is going to handle that supplemental draft if they do have it in January. Well, I think they will have it in January for the reason they want to keep on getting as much talent or the best talent that they can get and put it on the field come February. So that's my expectation is they'll have it for that reason. But that would mean that there'll be more player cuts. In other words, there'll be more, I think there'll be in some teams, there'll be more players on the rosters when it comes to trading camp, which means that there'll be more cuts before the final roster is set. I think from a coach's point of view or the competition in training camp is is a positive thing, I would think. Yeah. Also, to keep in mind, a lot of NFL teams try to fill out their practice. They A lot of them like to sign their practice squad players up into their active 
rosters in January after the se- you know most of their seasons are over. So that will be something to keep in mind that the XFL might end up losing some players out of that. So that's why that Jan- that January supplemental draft is going to be critical because if they end up losing some players out of it, they can have that supplemental draft to kind of back them up and have those players that are free agents go into their league as well. Exactly. Yeah, I was on a uh, conference call with Coach Hayes from the Battlehawks yesterday, and he indicated that the rosters were fluid. And, of course, that's exactly what we're talking about. And I think the XFL is learning a lot about building teams, at this, especially at this time of the year and in competition with the NFL. They're learning a lot right now. And my my take on it is that they're doing very well. And, of course, as you pointed out, The player pool is huge, so it should not be an insurmountable task to put a team on the field come February. Yeah, it also helps that, you know, they don't have to compete with the Alliance, because if the Alliance was coming back for a second season, then that talent pool would, you know, that would be a lot smaller for them. So since they don't have to compete with another league, that is a huge benefit to the XFL because they can get their hands on all the talent that's out there right now. Yeah, they they have uh, unlimited access to the remaining talent right now. That's a good point. If the, and if the alliance was around, it would be a very interesting scenario at this point in time, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, that be that would have been interesting to see how the XFL would have handled that. But you know, um, you know, with everything that's happened, it ends up working out well for the XFL. And like you said, now they have you know untapped talent out there that they can just get their hands on to join the league. So it's been a benefit for them. Things are about to get really exciting for the XFL because after Thanksgiving on December 3rd, each XFL team will convene a mini camp in their host in their host city, except for the Wildcats, which will be going to Las Vegas. Now, it's going to be exciting because there's finally going to be some football being practiced under XFL rules and XFL uh, footballs and XFL jerseys. And I think fans have been waiting. Well, we've been waiting for almost two years for this. Now, we did hear that the L.A. Wildcats will be holding their mini camp in Las Vegas. Now, do you think the XFL is already looking at Vegas as a future team location? It'd be interesting because I think expansion has to be on their minds, especially to see how this first season goes. But just because when you think when you think back on the XFL back in 2001, the probably the one team that everybody remembers is the Las Vegas Outlaws. I mean, that they they had the most recognizable name. They had probably one of the biggest stars in that team with Roddy Ate Me Smart. So that's one that when people think XFL, they're going to think, you know, the Las Vegas Outlaws. So I know that us fans have been talking about for so long about, you know, what if the XFL were to expand, where would they expand to? Um they had their I, I remember, you know, when they were doing their you know training camps and workouts, they all came to Las Vegas. That's where they all worked out. That's where it all started before the season commenced in 2001. So I'm sure it's on top of their minds. But, you know, it, it's too soon to think, you know, is there a possibility of expansion or maybe moving a team to Las Vegas? But I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the plans, if the first season goes well, to maybe move it up to 10 teams and maybe have a franchise in Las Vegas. I'm sure it's, I'm sure they've you know thought about it. It'd be interesting to see how, you know, we got to see how this first season goes before we think about something like that. Exactly. And it just reminded me that there's been some chatter and strictly chatter about Las Vegas hosting the XFL championship. So maybe there's something to that now. Maybe it's gone beyond chatter. <laughs> 
I, I that would be a great location just because you know Las Vegas is just about to get an NFL team in there. So that's a city that's that I think they're ready to have their have football there. So that that would be that would be interesting to have you know a championship there. I, th- I think they would get a good crowd out there for that, especially if in the you know the West Coast bringing all those um, fans into Las Vegas. I think that'd be a that's a great uh, first choice if they wanted to go in that route for a championship because that's one thing we don't know either. We don't know where the championship game is going to be. We don't know if it's going to be the team with the best record hosting. You know which conference is going to host or if they're just going to pick a, a neutral site for it. Yeah, Las Vegas would be a good choice, but we'll leave that up to the league to decide. Like everything else, we'll wait for them to make an announcement. Now the XFL also announced. This past week, they announced that all the team's training camps will be in Houston, which is something that's been talked about for a while, but now it's official, and to be at various facilities in Houston. So basically, in, in January, Houston's going to be full of XFL players, coaches, and staffs. Now, this is interesting and exciting at the same time. Now, what are the pros and cons of this type of multiple team camp? Well, I think the pro is is that you get everyone in the XFL into one city together. So maybe it'd be a good opportunity for everyone to meet each other, get used to each other. You know, these are guys that are going to be playing with each other. So wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them have joint practices so they can get some, you know, one on one contact with each other. I think that's going to be huge for them. I think these players need to try to build the chemistry as much as possible. And I think they need. For, for some of these players, they haven't played football in a year or two, you know, or multiple years. So they need to get used to getting hit. And, you know, I, I know a lot of players always talk about how, you know, they get tired of hitting each other and they want to go out and, you know, go, you know, play another team, play different people. So that will be a positive. You'll have those joint um, practices more than likely multiple times going on during January. Also, Houston is kind of right in the middle of where the country is, you know, it's kind of in the middle of where all the XFL teams is. So it's not going to be terrible travel for all, for, you know, all those players and all the teams to come together in one place. I, I think the con is, is, you know, I think a lot of fans want to watch their teams practice. Yeah. Mini camp, you know, the mini camps will be a, an opportunity to do that, but to have, you know, a full training camp, I'm sure a lot of fans would have loved to have their, you know, their own teams in their own cities. But like for someone for me, you know, Houston's only three, four hours away. So more than likely, I'm going to try to take a trip out there for a weekend just to, you know, watch it. But I'm sure a lot of fans would have preferred to have their teams in their city. So that's really the only con I see right now. Yeah, I I agree with that. And I'm wondering, and I'm sure they're going to be hosting at least one or two um, unofficial or maybe official um, exhibition games at this time. Like some teams will play each other in exhibition during this training camp. I'm sure of it. Yeah. They, I mean, I think they need to do that just because these players need to get all the practice they need. And then, you know, get getting ready for the regular season. They all need the the full contact for at least a month or two so that they're well, well more prepared than they were the first time the, the XFL where they only had, you know, three weeks of practice and then, Maybe and some not even all of them had a preseason game to play. So it's important that this time around they get the players as much practice as they can get. Yeah, so I expect there to be somewhat of a preseason in that training camp or associated with that training camp. I'm sure the games will be unofficial, and whether fans will be invited to watch, uh, we'll wait and see on that. I'm sure they will, actually. I get the feeling they will be invited to watch. Now, we have heard that the big reveal, the uniform reveal... <laughs> 
will be before Thanksgiving. And my calendar tells me Thanksgiving is next weekend. So we should expect a big reveal this coming week, right? I, I mean, I, I would hope so. I mean, they've already talked about, you know, the football you know, being released on Monday. So I'm going to assume they're going to do it Monday or Tuesday. Uh, but that's a that's a great question on whether they're going to release it this week or maybe they'll push it back till next week. So that will be kind of interesting to see how they handle that. But they've always had a knack for being able to, you know, release big news at the right time. So I'm going to trust them and knowing how they're going to uh, reveal the jerseys. So I'm I hope it's this week because I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, I think they're going to hit it this week. Um, and that's just my gut feeling. Of course, they wanted to hit it before the Black Friday and the, the Christmas shopping season, which kicks off next weekend. So I really feel they're going to get this one. So it'll be exciting news this week to see that. And as you mentioned, the XFL just released a video saying that they're going to release the football on Monday as well. Did you watch that video or? Yeah, I did again. I did get a chance to watch it. And, you know, from at least with my prediction now and from what I have seen, it looks like it's going to be um, it, it's probably going to be nothing like we saw uh, back in 2001. It doesn't look like it's going to be the black, you know, the black and red. It looks like it's going to be it looked like a light brown color with the XFL logo in the middle. But I, I, I think if we've if it's going to be what we have seen before from the footballs, I'm sure it's going to be the X that's going to be on the you know, the tips of the football. But besides that, I, I think it's probably just going to be a light brown color, which which is fine. I think it, I think if I think it looks good, you know, so far it, it looks like it's going to be a good looking football. So um, it, it looks like they're going to do a good job with that. So not too crazy, not too wild like in 2001. Nothing extravagant, but uh, I think it's still going to be a good looking football. I think they're not looking for anything too crazy this time around. Yeah, you know, the 2001 football sold a lot of copies, and I really don't know how much the XFL made on those deals, but uh, I think that was one of their benefits is they, they sold a lot of footballs. Um, and this time, probably sell more jerseys and footballs maybe, but yeah. I'm sure that football will be popular. It certainly is not controversial. From my understanding, it will it's engineered for playing football, not for its good looks. Yeah, and plus the, I'm sure the material – and how it, how the football grips and all that is the most important part for them since the first time around didn't go as well those first few weeks. No, those problems. So we'll wait for that the football to come out this week, and that's that's official now that it will come out this week. And of course, when the football comes out, that all all that means to me is that we're another step closer to real football being played in February. Now, when we talk about the Dallas Renegades for one bit here, now what do you make of the ongoing rumors of Bob Stoops? that he will be skipping out on the XFL and taking a college coaching job. Like what's your take on that? Yeah. I, I think it's a renegade fan and just being able to cover this team. It's, it's a little bit frustrating just because we've seen that, you know, Bob Stoops came out of retirement, you know, just to come to the XFL because he wanted more time with his family, but he also wanted to get back into football. So it, it's a combination of being frustrated and then, I mean, honestly, I'm not phased by it at all. I'm not surprised by it. He's always going to be a candidate for those big time jobs. I think everyone knew from the beginning, as soon as the Florida State job opened, you know, after they fired Willie Taggart, I immediately assumed that Bob Soups was going to be at the top of the list. But I, I know from 
from the reports, you know, the AD has said that, you know, he's not a candidate, you know, he's a, a person of interest, but not a candidate. And he's always going to be at the top of everyone's wish list to be their head coach, just because he had a phenomenal career at Oklahoma. I mean, he led him to, to a national title only his second or third year with the team. They've had multiple 10 plus win seasons. So this is a guy that knows how to develop players and did a great job in college. So it doesn't surprise me. Uh, it was the same thing last season when everyone thought the Auburn job was going to open. He was going to be a candidate for that. So no matter what happens, he's Bob Stoops is always going to be a coaching candidate. And, you know, my thought is, is that I don't think he's going to leave the Renegades this year just because I think he's committed to this one season. So I think he wants to focus on the Dallas Renegades and have that time to, you know, spend with his family and stuff like that. But in terms of, you know, you know, when the XFL or if the XFL goes into a second season, is he going to come back for that? My thought is it's probably going to be 50-50 just because I'm sure the thought of him getting back into college is going to be there. But I think for the immediate time period for this season, I, uh, I'm pretty confident that he's going to stay with the Renegades, at least for this year. Well, that's good for the Renegades, then. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, Anthony, thanks for your wonderful insight on XFL and football and the Dallas Renegades. Uh, thanks for joining us again. And I know we'll call upon you in future podcasts. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you, Mark, for having me on the show. Now, I'd just like to remind people that they can find Anthony Miller on Twitter at AntMill40. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. Just tweet me at any time and let's, uh, let's talk some XFL. Well, that's actually a, a very good invitation because I've I know you're very active on Twitter and uh, and you do engage with people who tweet at you. So thank you, Anthony. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. Thanks again to our guests, Connor Davis and Anthony Miller. I hope you enjoyed today's interviews. You are welcome to come back next Sunday, where we will have more guests and more XFL. Until next time. This was your host, Mark Nelson, and I hope you enjoyed XFL Extra, the XFLboard.com podcast. Mm-hmm.